Isn't God good? You know, right where you are, just think of something that, that God's done for you this week, this month. He's been so good to you. Just ponder on that thought because we, we live in a culture today where it seems like every, everything we hear is negative. It's negative this and negative that. And I think we need to get back to sometimes just thinking about the positive things that are going on. I do want to make mention it's so nice to be back in town. I know not like we all wanted by having a live stream service. I know we'd much rather be in the house today, but thankful we have the technology to be able to do it. Again, please continue to pray for those who have tested positive for this awful virus um, and pray that a speedy recovery would come on them and that God's angels would be released to go meet them right where they are. I wanted today to preach a message, um, a, a, a series beginning today about staying positive in seasons where it's so easy to be negative. I think it's so easy right now, everything that we see and everything that we hear, to have the pessimistic, to have the negative um, uh, mindset. And I believe it's just something that we need to hear today, that it's okay to only think on what's positive. So, and, and not to sound negative this morning in preaching a sermon series about staying positive, but sometimes I get sick and tired of hearing all the negative talk going on in our world today. And I don't know if anybody else feels that way. I know I feel that way. And it's just almost getting to the point where it's overwhelming everywhere that you look almost all the time. Anytime you turn on the news or read in a news app or whatever that you do, there's always a lot of really hard news to watch. People are getting sick. There's people losing their life. Jobs are going away. The world, as we know, it's over, right? The nation is uh, divided. And it seems like the message right now that's being sent is that the world's coming to an end. And it's so easy to get sucked into that negative mindset and the fear and the anxiousness and, and that sense of just overwhelming. And, and it's so easy to get caught up in that. And if I could be transparent with you this morning, that there are so many different times over the last couple months where I have found myself emotionally on edge. I find myself getting easily angered. I find myself easily discouraged and often just kind of wake up like, can we ever just get back to just loving each other? Can we ever get back to doing things right can we ever get back to life being just meaningful? So what I'm doing right now is I'm asking God to help me see the good and help me see the positive in the middle of all this bad. Because I have found out over the last couple months that sometimes it's just better to turn the TV off. Sometimes it's better to just turn the TV off and open up your Bible and begin to pray because what we have to do is we have to do our best to keep a perspective of faith and a positive attitude looking for something positive in the middle of all this bad. So I've got some advice for you this morning. Let's be wise. Let's social distance. Let's wash our hands. Wear a mask if you're out in a, in a, in a public to protect somebody else. Let's do everything within our power to stay positive, to have an attitude that God's in control, to look for the good in the middle of all the bad and believe that our Jesus still sits on the throne, that he's still working, that he can be in this even
even when we don't see him, that he can still be for us. And we have to stay positive, fight for our faith, because I want you to get this. And the premise of the entire message, and we're going to pray in just a moment that God would use me. But the premise of this sermon is this right here. A negative outlook never leads to a positive life. A negative outlook never leads to a positive life. So what I want to do today is, as I open up this series, showing you why I am unshakably optimistic about tomorrow and what God is doing, I have this message today titled, Enough of the Bad News. Enough of the Bad News. Would you help me pray today that God help me deliver this message? God, I thank you. For your word, I thank you for your son that died on the cross to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me, to purify my mind, to renew my spirit. I thank you so much for this opportunity to deliver this word. But God, you above anybody else know that I cannot do this on my own. And God, that I need a supernatural power to overcome me so that I can do what it is you've called me to. God, I pray that you would be my mouth as I speak. That my words would be clear and precise. That the power of your word would be felt. God, I pray that you'd open up our ears to hear our minds, to know our eyes, to see the truth of your word. God, I'm asking you to be here with me today so that your word can ring true in this nation. And that we can once again be a nation united in unity under God. Lord, I'm praying right now for a revival to sweep across this nation and all this negativeness, all this hate, all, all these things that are going on in our culture that is so hard to watch. God, I'm believing in the name of Jesus that it is coming to an end. And it's in your name I pray. And wherever you are this morning, would you help me by saying amen. I want you to let us know if you're worshiping with us today. Comment within the comment box to let us know that you're here. If you have a prayer need, let us know about that need so that we can help you pray. But I wanted to take a couple minutes today and talk about optimism. And what, and what I really want to do is I want to tell you what it's not so that we can be very clear about what it's not. And then I want to help try to define on what it is. So let's start today what optimism is not. First of all, it's not a denial of reality. It's not putting our heads in the sand and acting like everything's okay, that nothing's wrong. Just have a positive attitude no matter what. Just deny what's really going on. The reality is that we have very significant challenges today all over the world. Optimism is not a denial of what's really happening. It's also not a blind faith. It's not just a, na a, a, a um, naive, wishful thinking that everything's going to work out if we don't do anything about it. It's not a denial of reality. It's not a blind faith. But after reading of what the definition of this word really is, here's what I have found, that optimism is simply confidence about tomorrow or a successful outcome. It is confidence. It's a mindset. It's believing that something good is coming or an assurance, a belief that there's going to be a positive outcome. And I want to add some spiritual weight to that this morning. And I want to define this in a way that I think we'll all understand talking about being positive and enough with the bad news. Optimism is the unwavering expectation that our loving God is working every situation for our Good. 
It's an unwavering expectation. It's an assurance deep within our soul that our loving God, our involved God, our working God is working in every situation for you and I. In fact, it was Paul who said this very thing in Romans chapter 8 where he said, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, all things. We know that in all things, and we can define all things by whatever is going on in our world right now, all things might be your job. All things might be your checkbook. All things might be the challenges of trying to home educate your children. And all the parents said, amen. All, all things might, might be just whatever negative is going on in your life right now. And I want to encourage you. I want to build you up that, and tell you that in all things, God is working for our good. In other words, even in a negative situation, that negative situation still holds the potential to produce a positive purpose. And I want to read that again because I wanted to sink in. Because we as Christians, we, we're supposed to live with this unwavering expectation that our loving God is working out for our good. I want to be optimistic about this. So even in a negative situation, it still holds the potential to produce something positive. And that's what I have to allow my mind to dwell on. That's what I have to think on all the time. It's not all the bad that's happening. I don't want to be blind to what's happening. I want to know what's happening. But I also don't want to look at it and think that the world's never going to get better. I want to look at it and get back on my knees and pray again to the only one that I know that can make this better. And so we have to pray to God that he continues to work out for our good. So what I want to do for just a moment is I want to kind of pause right here. And I want you to think about how you process your thoughts about tomorrow. What goes through your mind for tomorrow, a year from now, 10 years from now? How do you see tomorrow in your mind? Because the reality is this. If your thoughts are consumed with negative thoughts and fear and worry and anxiousness, that's really, really bad news. Because what consumes your mind tends to control your life. Whatever you, whatever you think about tends to direct your next steps. In other words, the light that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Proverbs tells us this, that as a man or as a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Your life is generally moving in the direction of your strongest thought. That's why we have to take captive every, every negative thing in our mind. We have to take captive every disappointing thing that we've done in our past. To take captive everything that has, that has held us you know, in a chains or in bondage and release that back to Jesus so that that negative mindset will leave and the positive comes back in. So if you tend to think that the world is always in trouble, you can't trust anyone, I hate my life right now, then you're probably not going to get to the end of that day and go, wow, this was such an amazing day but rather you're going to be uh, looking through a pessimistic lens and what you think about tends to direct your life so what consumes you because what consumes your thoughts controls your life and that's why the quality of your life will exceed the quality of your thoughts 
you have to take captive. So what is it that you think about? You see, this is one of the biggest problems with people that have a negative nature. Those who have a consistently, chronically negative attitude. Experts tell us this about them, that, that a, a pessimist tends to view negative events as both personal and permanent. Personal and permanent. That they're personal. So in other words, it's my fault. This is happening to me because I'm bad. I'm no good. Nothing goes my way. I'm incapable. I'm unworthy of anything good. And then they tend to think that it's permanent, that this is always going to be this way. I'm never going to have a good life. We're always going to struggle, never going to be able to pay the bills. Things are bad, and it's only going to get worse. And before long, you start to live that way because you've told yourself it is, therefore it will become. And we have to be careful. On having that type of mindset. We get to that place where the economy's bad. I'll never get the job I wanted. The virus is unstoppable. Or if you're like some that I know, we're going to have to wear masks for the rest of our life. No. Because let me tell you something, Southern Hills Church of God. My God is bigger. And my God is better. And there's nothing that my God cannot do. So I choose to think positive. I choose to get the negativity out of my mind. I choose to only think on the good things. We have to realize that being content, being satisfied, being blessed, being optimistic isn't a state of affairs. It's a state of mind. It is my choice to think that way. So I choose to do that. What controls your mind controls your life. So what consumes your thoughts? What consumes your thoughts? Are your thoughts typically drifting towards faith and God and optimism and belief about his power and his goodness involved in your life? Or do they tend to drift towards the negative? Well, I'm concerned. I'm worried. The world's falling apart. If you move toward the negative, and if I can be honest with you because I'm an optimist by nature. My parents have told me oh, my, my entire life, you're always the positive one. I'm, I, I, I'm an optimist, an optimist by nature, but that does not mean there are not times where I have to fight for an attitude of faith because I also tend to be a realist and I tend to be concerned and I tend to drift towards the negative in some cases. And if you find yourself in that place, what you want to do is you want to feed your faith. Feed your faith and you want to starve the negative thoughts. Feed your faith and starve your fears. Why? Because whatever you feed tends to grow and whatever you starve tends to die. So we have to feed those things in us that would bring us life. We need to starve the wrong voices that rob me of any potential joy and feed the things that help me grow in faith. This doesn't mean that I put my head in the sand. But for me, what I do to starve the fear is I don't watch the news 24 hours a day. It's too much for me. I turn the TV off. So what I do is I look at the news every day, but just for a minimal amount of time because I want to be aware of what's going on. But it's... But if I've got negative voices speaking all around me, I've got to rid myself of that. Because for some people, you are a product of who you're around. And if you're always around a negative voice, the negative you will become. You have to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right voices.
Build your faith. Feed your faith. Starve your fear. And for just the next couple of moments, I want to show you exactly how I feed my faith. How I build my faith. And one thing that I think that we can do is to take a good portion of Scripture, a verse that really speaks to you, but not just read through it. But what you need to do is you're going to live in that verse. I'm going to pinpoint it in from my life. I'm going to meditate on this word. I'm going to allow it to ponder inside my thoughts. I'm going to let it work and start to renew my mind. And I want to give you an example. And since we're talking about Romans 8 um, verse 28 here, the power of God that works in good things, I want to show you how I would go through Romans chapter 8. To help keep the positive mindset. In order for me to feed my faith, I'll take a rich portion of scripture. And, and I want to understand the context. I don't want to just read it, but I want to know who wrote it, to whom it was written, why it was written, what's going on before the verses that I'm reading. And so I know that the Apostle Paul was writing a very rich, meaty, weighty letter to the Romans. I know that Romans 8 comes after Romans 7, so I need to read Romans 7. And I love Romans 7 because... Paul was a mess. Paul was absolutely a mess. And it makes me feel a lot better about myself knowing that somebody as spiritual as he was was in a mess because that makes me feel good whenever I'm in a mess. But Romans 7, he's going on this rant like, I don't understand myself. And to put it in modern day language, he's saying, I'm just to screw up the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I know I don't want to do, I end up doing those things. I'm such a mess. You remember, you, you know Romans 7. But then something happens. And he makes a shift to Romans chapter 8. And it's almost like he's talking himself out of his negative mindset and out of his sin. And in the beginning of Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you what? Free from the law of sin and death. He makes this hard turn as he starts to renew his mind, he talks about the mind that's on the flesh, that the heart governed by the flesh is hostile, but the mind that's on the spirit lives for the things of the spirit. He says if you're led by the spirit, you're children of God. If you focus on the spirit, your mind will be at peace. And then I might just land in a portion of the text like Romans 8, verse number 18, where this is what Paul says. He says that I consider that our present sufferings. Now, mind you, he was a mess in chapter 7. Everything was wrong in chapter 7. The things I don't want to do, I do. The things I want to do, I don't do. I'm a mess. But then chapter 8, something else happens inside of me. And I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And I just want to stop there. And I want to go through this and read that again and let it read me to feel this scripture when he says that I consider our present sufferings. And I want you to think about right where you are today, the season that you're in, whatever you're going through. 
it is not worth comparing that your present sufferings isn't worth comparing the things that we hate, the injustice that's going on today, the sickness of today, the hate that we see, the things that we have to endure that's so painful and hard to watch. It's not worth comparing with what? With the glory that will be revealed in us. Wow. Church, can you think about that for just a moment? That whatever it is you're facing right now, that very thing that you've stuck your head in the sand about that you don't want to think about, you don't want to try to fix, you just want to hide so that you don't have to deal with it, that very thing isn't even worth to compare to the glory that will be revealed in us. So I remind myself, okay, so Paul wrote this. He had to endure something. So what did Paul have to endure? Well, he was put in jail multiple times. That's kind of worse than what I'm going through right now. Five times he was beaten with lashes. That's bad. Three times he's beaten with rods. That's bad. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. Had to hang on to a log for his life. He's betrayed. He's beaten. The guy was left for dead on the side of the road. Didn't even look like he was alive. And that's the guy that said that my present sufferings aren't even worth comparing to the glory that's about to come. I want that for just a moment to feed your faith. I want that to build you up, to encourage you that there's nothing that you're going through right now that God can't handle. That there's nothing that you're going to go through tomorrow that God hasn't already taken care of because your present sufferings, what you deal with today, isn't even worth comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed in you. Amen. So I'd ask you, where are you hurting right now? What have you lost? Where are you experiencing hardship that deeply grieves you? And I know for many of you, you might have lost your job. And that's real hardship. I know some of you are worried that you're sick. Maybe you've been diagnosed with COVID-19 or even something like cancer. And that's hardship. Some have relational challenges within their marriage. Some have relational challenges with their children. Some it's an inconvenience or somebody's betrayed you. And whatever it is, whatever it is, put a name to it, label it. Whatever it is, listen, it's not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in you. And as I read this scripture, here's what it teaches me. Is that the struggle that I'm in today is producing the strength I need for tomorrow. I don't know who that's for today, but it's for somebody and you need to hear this. The struggle you're in today isn't to hurt you, isn't to kill you, but it's to produce a strength in you that you'll need for tomorrow. So that's why I've got this unwavering expectation 
this unwavering confidence that our loving God is working in every situation for my good. So I have to starve my fear. I have to feed my faith. I let God's word start to renew my mind because my life is always moving in the directions of my strongest thoughts. So I have to take my thoughts captive and renew my mind so that what I think on and dwell on is positive. So I read on in this passage in Romans chapter 8, verse number 26. And I stop there because this is what Paul said. In the same way, because remember, we're at that point in our life now where God, I hear you. I know what you said. I know what I'm supposed to do. I've read the confidence, the encouragement, but Father, you just don't know I'm weak in my spirit. I know what I'm supposed to do, and there's many people that have said that, that have quoted that very phrase. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I just can't do it. Let me tell you what Paul said. Paul said the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So in that moment where I don't feel strong enough to convince myself to, to get rid of the negative talk and to bring in that which is positive, I, I, the Spirit helps me when I'm weak. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. He's praying for you. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And I want to be really real and transparent and open because I need that. That's good news for me. And it might be good news for you too. Because right now I feel sometimes incredibly incapable. Sometimes I feel unsure. How do I lead as a pastor through this? How do I preach the right message at the right time for the right spiritual response? I, I second guess myself right and left over decisions I make and things that I help bring change to. Am I doing the right thing? What if people don't jump on board? What if they don't like what I, what I decide? What if they get mad at me? What if I'm overly cautious and I'm just trying to do the right thing and I second guess myself and I tell myself all these things and I don't feel prepared for this all the time and then I tell myself what Paul said, that he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. His spirit helps me when I'm weak, when I'm broken. His spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells within me. And I feed my faith. And for those of you that might be watching online today that feel weak in your body, you feel overwhelmed, you feel discouraged, you feel like you can't take it, things aren't just going right, I'm telling you, people will tell you that God helps those who help themselves. The Bible doesn't say that. God says, I'll help those who need help. I'll help you if you need help. Those who are broken, come to me. Those who are weak, come to me. Those who are crying out, come to me. So if you're hurting right now, if you're in pain, who is God? He's your comfort. If you're confused, He's your guide. If you're, if you're, if you're discouraged, He's your hope. If you're anxious, He's your peace. If you're weak, He's your strength. So I have to feed my faith and starve my fear. And then I go to Romans chapter 8, verse number 28, where it tells me, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God's working for you, not against you. 
We know that in all things. What do you mean by all things? I mean all things. Every single thing in the good things, in the bad things, in the days I love, in the days that I have to endure, in the heartbreaks, in the inconveniences, in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Can I tell you something? He's that good. (laughs) He's that good. We serve a loving God. He's there when you can't see him. Whenever I need him, he's working. In the middle of the situation, going in behind the scenes, whenever what our enemy meant for evil, my God can still use for good. That is how good my God is. You may not see him. He's always there. He'll never leave you. He's always good. He's always for you. He's always been with you. I'm reminded of the goodness of God. He will not disappoint you. You know, I hear a lot of people say, well, I just want to go back to normal, Pastor Chris. I just want to go back to normal. I have enough faith and optimism inside of me that my God can give me something better than normal. I'm not looking for what I used to have, but I'm going to look towards what God wants me to have. And that's the mindset we got to have. To get rid of the negative mindset and only think on the good that God has for me. You know, I believe in whatever situation you're dealing with right now. I believe God's working in all things. I believe that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine according to his power. I'm believing that through this, there's some of you, you're going to come out on the other side and your marriage is going to be stronger. Your homes will be closer. Your love is going to grow deeper. And your generosity is going to become greater. And there are Christians who are going to be bolder in their faith. And the light of the church will shine brighter. And the harvest is going to be bigger because we lift up the name of Jesus. And we are optimistic in the goodness of God. I choose not to be negative. I choose not to dwell on the things that will hurt me. And I choose to be positive. You see, I got emotional just a couple weeks ago when people started coming back to church. Because it's always nice to see people. It's always nice to be around. It it reminded me of a very good truth that his church will always prevail. That his word is always true. That his presence never leaves us. That he will never forsake us. And so I feed my faith And I starve my fear. And then I go on into Romans and read Romans 8 verse number 38. Where it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Remember, he was a mess in chapter 7. But now by the end of his revelation in, in, in chapter 8, he says that nothing will separate us from the love of God with an unshakable assurance with everything in my soul I believe this to be true that nothing will separate you from the love of God 
And I want you to remember. I want you to let this sink in. Rather than being consumed by fear and anxiety. Rather dwelling on all the, the, the news out there that brings me down. I'm going to believe right now and write it down as plain as I can see on every piece of paper that I have inside my house that our present struggles are not even worth comparing to the future glory of what God is going to do in us and through us. His spirit is perfect. In my weakness, his strength is perfect. I may not see him, but he's present and he's good. And what the enemy meant to harm me, my God can make it right. Because let me tell you something, and in closing today, there's not a disease, there's no sickness, there's no fear that can separate you from God's love. And so I know that what consumes my mind controls my life. My life is moving in the direction of my strongest thought. That the life that I have is a reflection of the thoughts that I think. That my God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So I have to starve my fear. I have to feed my faith. And I lift up my hands and tell you, I have an unwavering confidence that my God is still on the throne. That he's still working. So what, I, what do I want you to take from this message? It's really easy. Enough with the bad news. Enough with the bad news. Enough. Enough. When things begin to overwhelm you, when things begin to take you over, Psalm 121, I will lift my eyes to the hills from which, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord and I choose, because it's a choice, to stay positive even when the seasons around me want me to do differently. You might be at a place this morning where you feel like your joy has been robbed. Where health has been taken from you. Where peace is a thing of the past. You might be in a place this morning where you turn on the TV and you become overwhelmed by all of the hatred going around in our culture. All the injustices that are going on. And you feel, and I don't want you to not know what's happening. I want you to know what's happening. I, but I don't want you to be overwhelmed by it. Because my God is better. My God is greater. My God is bigger. And I want to encourage you this morning and remind you, enough with the bad news. My God can still do it. So wherever you are, if you're in that place where you feel overwhelmed, where you feel you've got anxiety gripping you, where you've got stress, where you fear, label it. Call it out. Tell it it has no place inside your mind and inside your heart. Tell it to leave. There's power in your word. And I want to pray with you this morning.
And Pastor Seth's going to lead us in a song. And I'm going to come back and say a closing prayer. And give just a couple short announcements. But I, I, I don't want to miss this opportunity to pray with somebody. So wherever you're watching. I believe God's coming into your room right now. Coming into your car right now. And he's going to begin to just move, to intercede. He's going to begin to work on your behalf. And all you got to do is one simple thing. Give it to him. Give it to him. And when you give it to him, you don't take it back. It's not yours anymore. Give it to him and let God do it.